Okay, uh, welcome sports fans to the uh, third edition of the TMG broadcast podcast in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. This is Monday in advance of tonight's game. Uh, who's playing, Tony? Two schools <laughs> from the south, I think. Okay. You know, Georgia, Alabama, just you know, put some SEC team in there. And, uh, but we are honored today to be joined by Steve Weberg, longtime uh, colleague, at USA Today for 30 years, and then uh, more recently, a valued, esteemed member of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, and not only that, this morning, Steve was honored by the uh, Football Writers Association of America with our Burt McGrain Award, which is our Hall of Fame, and congratulations to Steve uh, for that, and uh, we're also here with the rest of the crew, Herb Gould, Tony Barnhart, Mark What's your name? Blouchin? Jersey guy. We call him Jersey guy. Steve, welcome. Congratulations. And uh, can you just talk a little bit about what uh, winning the bird, uh, being a Hall of Famer, what's it like being a Hall of Famer? Hey, first of all, the honor is mine, all right? Well, it is, yeah. That's uh, why they gave it, that's why they gave it to you. Being with, being, with, <laughs> being with you guys, all right? Um, and I, I, seriously, I mean, I, I said this in, in the remarks, I mean, Mark's the McGrain winner. Tony's the McGrain winner. Herb and Doof, you're going to be McGrain winners. Um, and it, as much as I'm humbled by the people I've joined in this, it's also knowing who hasn't gotten this yet, and I got it instead of them. I mean, that's 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 pretty humbling, and it is. It's it's you know, the two of you, uh, Doof and and Herb, uh, are part of that. Well. Thank you for that, uh, and uh, well, of course, what we really want to know about is your role on the college football committee. And it was really, it was important. In fact, when I was president of the football writers, uh, in, what was three or four years ago, I, Jersey guy, I think that was my mandate was right. get get one of us on the on the committee. Okay, so I, I and I, you know, and there was some pressure there because you did represent. The, the media and it were not always seen in, in the best light and uh, uh, and to have one of us on that committee in that room was the important. first one as well and the first one the bar, right? you know there was pressure and that's why you were the perfect choice and and you because we knew you had all the integrity and, and the ingredients that why you received the Burt McGrain um, and that you would represent us in a way you know that did us proud and you did well, and it was you. very important and, and we, we, but now we want to know what happened inside the room. Well, of course, you can't tell us. We're, we're all reporters. Um, but maybe just give you an overview of that experience being on the committee, and then we'll let Jersey guy tear into you and and Tony and Herb respectfully prod and poke you with questions. Well, it, it I mean it was it was simply the most stimulating and satisfying thing that I've ever done. And the nice thing about it was, and I wondered about this going in, I mean, you know how it is, we all get close with certain coaches and certain athletic directors and certain conference commissioners, but there's always that kind of wall between you and them. Uh, You're in the media and they know that you're trying to wheedle information, and there's always just that little bit of an arm's distance no matter how close you are with somebody. And what was gratifying to me was, there was no wall, there was no arm's distance in the room. I was simply a co-committee member, you know, with Hall of Fame coaches, with big-time, you know, athletic directors, many of whom were 
you know, people I had good and long-standing relationships with. But, I mean, I really felt like my, you know, viewpoints and my discussion points and my skill set were, were valued. And uh, I really had two primary motives in going into this for, for getting it done right. One, it just had to be done right because it had to be done right. It was the start of another era of college football. It was a big step to go to a playoff. They needed the selection committee to make as good a selections as they possibly could, limit the controversy, limit the unpopularity that the BCS always had. It had to be done right for that reason. But in my mind, I had this secondary motive of needing to do it right because I did realize it's the first time they've put somebody from the media on a committee like this. And I wanted to validate giving us that seat at the table. And I also wanted, if I could, to show there is a value to having a media perspective on in this process and having a media members and a repo, reporters and a writer's skill set and I that, that I, if no other way I, I certainly think I did that in the, the extensiveness of the reports that I wrote we all home in monitor a couple of conferences each year they rotate around my reports tended to be a little more lengthy and in-depth <laughs> Um, than the average committee members, not to say that they didn't do a good job of monitoring their conferences, but I took a reporter's stance, and I had two-page bullet point reports on you know, the teams under consideration in my respective conferences, and I th people came, I think, to really appreciate that. Can I tell you a quick, a quick story here? Is I, I talk, when he was, Steve was on the committee, I would talk to him during the season every week about the games coming up. And I, talk, I talked to two, one other committee member, and, and his theory was, what are you going to do? I'm just going to watch games. And that's how he decided what I was going to go. I called Steve up. Steve will be in, his, in, in Lawson, Missouri, in his, in his little enclave there. He would have his charts, his books. He said, well, I got the SEC over here. I got this, and I got this. And, and he's charting every... Every game and every and you know what's going on with 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 you know both you know with with Clemson Clemson and and and, and you know North Carolina. Well, during the third quarter, uh, West Coast. Steve had every the way the way he did his job in the committee was the way he did his job for thirty years as a reporter at USA Today. And that's what made his job so important and his role so important for us for the first time. That was the impression that the committee has of us through him, which I think was invaluable. And one of the things that Steve, you did for for us and our organization is that, you know, you brought an element of trust because right. I know I know a lot of the people who were in the room with you, and one of their first reactions, I'll bet you, well, Steve Weberg's a real nice guy, but he is a media guy, and can that, we that, trust? Can we trust media people? Thing, right. And based on your work ethic and your attention to detail, they said, well, these you know these guys really actually know something, so we need well, to listen to them. And no leaks. I don't think you. Yeah. Leaked, I, don't think, I don't think you had any leaks. There, in, they actually, they, actually, there's some pride being taken, you know, on that, in within the CFP was now for four years there hasn't been a leak. I always worried that there would be a leak and they would. You know, they're it, wasn't, it wasn't going to be me, <laughs> yeah. but I would be suspect A. Because you're a reporter. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the, exactly right. The problem. The problem with this committee or any committee uh, is. You know, it's set up for controversy because there's only four spots available for five 
conferences, and as we've seen, it's not even guaranteed for conference champions. So you're always going to have someone left out. Um, and if Notre Dame had gone uh, had undefeated, you would have had somebody else left out. Uh, how do you reconcile that? It's always it, it's you're never going to have uh, a you're never going to satisfy everyone. Yeah, and and there were a lot of things about this that I slipped into fairly naturally. Um, you know, I'd done bracketology for a long time for USA Today, starting in the mid 1980s. So I understand and that I I think. As far as the commissioners were concerned, I think that was part of me getting onto this committee too. They they right. knew that I understood that kind of a of a process and and that kind of analysis. So when we first started the first season, and now we're ranking teams weekly during the regular season, starting the end of October first of November, I slid just pretty naturally into that. It was doing bracketology again, essentially. Uh, you know, for for a, a top twenty five, just putting a top twenty five together. We weren't putting a bracket together, but we were ranking top 25. And then we got to the last weekend, selection weekend, and we had really, really tough decision after the conference championships play out. We basically have three teams for one spot. You know, and as you know, it's, it's, it's Ohio State, and it's TCU, and it's Baylor. And I was actually surprised at the knot that formed in my stomach and the pressure that I felt, because now there were real stakes. This wasn't just going to be a top 25 released on ESPN on Tuesday night with no ramifications, because there's going to be new rankings next week and new rankings the week after that. Now there's a finality to it, and we're going to leave some team out of the playoff. And it's not just that team, and it's not just that school, but it's an entire state or region that are going to, mm. that's going to care about that. And I was just surprised by, you know, there were 13 people on the committee, and in all honesty, in the public's eye, I'm number 13 of 13, given the people that I'm keeping company with on the committee. But it's like you feel like the entire weight's on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a knot in my stomach that mm -hmm. entire weekend. You know, what I'm curious about, you know, without giving anything away, you know, with fans, there's a lot of conversation about margin of victory, margin of defeat. What was the conversation like about that? You know, just in general. I mean, I you was just kind of like a. I mean, Ohio State, Iowa. No, I don't want. I don't want to put him on the spot. I'll, <laughs> no, I'll give no, him okay. my questions from Commissioner Delaney later in the show. <laughs> Maybe it's a matter of semantics, but no. I mean, and in fact, um, you know, I think we're reminded a lot. I mean, part of it is that that margin of victory is is not something that we should consider. They don't want to incentivize that. Margin and, of defeat. Or that as well, but knowing how teams played, and I, I guess the margins going to going to reflect how a team has played. Okay. But obviously, that that Ohio State Wisconsin Big Ten championship game that first year, it wasn't the margin of victory. It was just we all watched that game together, and we just saw a completely dominant Ohio State team answer the biggest question that you had about that team: Can Cardell Jones actually be a quarterback? to step in um, and, you know, this still be that kind of a team, that answered that question, mm -hmm. all right? And, and so in the case of, uh, you know, in, in this case of, of Ohio State and Iowa, it's not the margin of victory. It's just knowing that, you know, a team had a, did not play very badly. And, you know, quite frankly, it wasn't the only time that season, this season, that that team didn't play 
very that team well. you're talking about is Ohio State, but I know you can't mm-hmm. didn't want to mouth those words. But what about what? What did you get um, hate mail? I mean, did people find you and 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 how did you handle that? That surprised me a little bit. No, none. No, um, the only. Th- I mean, no, no calls, no mail. Now, granted, you know, I'm not the highest profile member of the committee, although I am probably the one who they're most easily able to get an email address or, uh, uh, you know, a a, a physical address from. Um, I did actually get when I when we came back this past year uh, in December, I got back to the office. And at the Kansas City Public Library, there's kind of a, there's an ask the librarian kind of a hotline that people can call in questions to librarians. And I got this kind of puzzled question from one of the librarians, uh, you know, in in the library. And uh, I work in public affairs. I'm not a librarian. Uh, (laughs) Let's get that on the record. Just forwarded me me the question. and I can't recall what it was now, but it was something, it was, it was the beginning of the Central Florida debate, right. okay. uh, post-final uh, mm. rankings. Uh, and the librarian says, I have no idea what this is about, but we received this in our Ask the Librarian question <laughs> box today. And, and, and that was after the fact. But it, it did surprise me a little bit that we didn't get people lobbying for us, or to us, mm-hmm. and uh, and really didn't get uh, any kind of expression of, of anger after that. Right. Some, Steve, some of us were in the first mock selection that they did, and you know they brought us to Dallas and put us in the room and went through all the stuff. And, and we're obviously we're doing. Uh, I forget what season it was, but obviously it, 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 we're we're going through that mock season, and all of a sudden, all these rational people that I know. We are screaming at each other across the table about this and this and this and this without giving anything. How spirited did the arguments become? And see, I understand that um, because that's friends. Yeah. Um, And with no stakes, and it's a mock exercise. And, you know, how many times around the dinner table have we had discussions where Mm -hmm. we're hollering at each other, you know, albeit in, in, you know, in in very good nature? Four years of the committee, despite the high stakes, um, despite the fact there were differences of opinion and people taking different tacks and and people having different thoughts about how things should end up, in four years, I never felt a speck of tension mm-hmm. in the room. There was never any kind of a show of exasperation. There was never a raised eyebrow. I mean, I, I do think this has trickled down from Bill Hancock, the executive yeah. director, who is, you know, as respected, no, he is the most respected person in the college athletics industry, impeccable integrity, impeccable fairness, and just as good a person as, as you could have. But I think there was, it was nothing but respect in the room. And I mean, I'll say this, because I was sometimes part of, you know, I, I often tended to be part of the most impassioned debates. Um, and while people may make impassioned arguments, there was never any antagonism in that. And I, I never walked away without feeling good about the process that had just happened the previous two days. And even if it hadn't gone the way 
maybe I had pushed for. I always felt good about the way things had been vetted, the thoughtfulness and the thoroughness of the discussion, and that was always, it was just, it was nothing but professional. It, it is a really, I, it's not sexy to say this, but it's a really, really good process. Well, what, what was your main criteria that you used? I mean, everyone says the four, the four best teams, I mean, and it varies. As a one member and one opinion, what was your main criteria that when you were deciding? There is no main criteria. There I mean, no I mean criteria. you know how that is. It's, 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 it's art, not science. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm not one of those guys who's strictly an analytics guy, okay? My son you? is. Uh, You're not analytics? I, I'm, I'm not entirely analytics. No, that's not saying I didn't use them, but I'm not saying that analytics are the end-all, be-all. Uh, I, seriously, I mean, it, how did you argue with Con with the sec former Secretary of State? Did you use analytics and, and did she use passion, or was it the other way around? I, I went at it like a reporter, and I mean, in the same way that you might make a case for. I mean, I, I would go down and I would make a case. Truth, part of it would be truth police. Part of it would be background. strength of schedule, not a number strength of schedule, but an eyeball strength of schedule, and maybe a record versus top twenty-five. Uh, schedule or this or that, but you know it. And, and then, but I also, I, I you know, I, I wanted to hear what the coaches in the room thought because you know what, they can look at it and digest games in a way that I just can't do it because they're former coaches. I had great respect for, as did everybody in that room, for what the former coaches when, thought. When Scott Frost, who was who won the yeah, the Football Writers Coach of the Year award not a couple nights ago. He was he was critical of the committee and and basically said that that Central Florida was underplayed and was devalued and was kept out of the process. You know, we've heard this before from the Group of Five or teams. That how do you respond to that? Criticism? Well, I mean, Bill's responded to it, and it's not really my place to. It sure, it is. No, You're it's not. not. Committee it's, it's up to Bill or it's up to 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 Kirby as the as the chair. But I mean, I'll just I mean, it's understandable that that they were disappointed. I mean, shoot, they were they were they were undefeated. Any undefeated team would be disappointed. They didn't get in. All I can say is that, you know, just like I said, I felt good at the end of our last meetings when we came out with our final top twenty-five. That everybody in that top twenty-five, everybody in the top four, everybody down through, <laughs> including you know Central Florida at number twelve. I felt good about the depth. Uh, and the thoroughness of the discussion, and I mean, I can guarantee you that they got every bit of that discussion and every bit of that consideration that everybody else, you know, in that group of rankings did. This is one that probably wasn't, you know, a burning issue like UCF, but <clears throat> in Chicago, Northwestern had the same record as Michigan State, and beat Michigan State, and I don't know that their you know wins and losses were all that different, and yet was five slots lower. Do you remember how that got happened to occur? No, but I do know that it's something that we would have because one function that I served in there was to look for something like that. We would always scrub our rankings, and I would always look for a situation where. All right, one team beat another team, and yet we've ranked them higher. You know, let's make sure that that's where we want it. Let's make sure that that's, you know, something that, that makes sense for us to do. So that got vetted, and I don't want to speak to that specifically, but I can just tell you that, you know, it's obviously different 
than just being a matter of one head-to-head -head outcome. It's, you know, it's just an overall body of work, and it's also, uh, you know, eyeball, and, and it's, again, art, not science. Yeah, I mean, we've all, we've all been there as voters in various polls yeah. that, yeah, you don't want to get too caught up in a head-to-head. -head. I think the other one that um, I was a little bit wondering about is when you say the four best teams, I think Blau yeah. started in with this, that can mean so many different things. The four best resumes, the four teams you least want to play at this point. Um, did you have a, you know, did, could you just talk about how you kind of got to what your definition was? Well, there, there is no definition. That's the thing. It's, it's kind of an ambiguous term, four best teams. I think that's up to each individual member of the committee to determine what that is. And, and again, I mean, as I just said, for me, it, it, it wasn't something that had a definition. It was just a matter of processing in my mind, uh, you know, where things are and where teams are relative to, to one another. In your four years there, what was the biggest argument that you got in the final, in the final rankings? Was it, was it the Ohio State? Penn State thing, or was the first year of Baylor TCU? Was it Bama and Ohio State? I mean, what? I mean, what, what, without giving, you know, I wouldn't. Care, I wouldn't care. I mean, those are all, you know, certainly that first year, as I mentioned, right. I had that knot in my stomach for the, you know, before we wound up choosing Ohio State, uh, and yes, the the uh, the uh, the whole Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, and Washington was part of that right. that that discussion as well, and and then this year I wouldn't characterize as one of them being more agonizing, or or more impassioned discussion than any of the others. They all were very very impassioned discussion because I mean the stakes were the same. Did you feel more more pressure in the first year since it was the first year of the committee to get it to get it right with the public to establish your credibility? Once you established the credibility, you got a little bit more equity. But in that first year, I mean, if you would have well, I don't know, you know, got to say, getting the, not getting it wrong, but go to go to controversy, then then maybe the committee has less credibility. But you you, you work through the process, and but what you do gives gives credibility. Well, but that you're you're implying that maybe we were a whole lot more sensitive to that the first year what, than we what, were what, in, in subsequent years. No, I, I don't. I think we were Answer just. The I think, Mr. I, I know. I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I'm, I think we were just as sensitive okay. to that this year as we were the first okay. year. Now, I think I had a bigger knot in my stomach the first year right. because it's the first time I'd gone through it. Right. And so my knot was tighter. Now I had a knot in my stomach this year too because I knew it was going to be tough, and I knew we were leaving somebody out, and I knew there were, you know, there was going to be hell to pay with somebody at the end of the day. But I had been through it before. But I don't think the sensitivity to getting it right was any greater the first year than, I mean, it was great, but it was just as great this year. Okay. Is, is it like a jury where you're, like, voting, and do you have to get to a certain number? I, I mean, did that, would there be, like, straw ballots, and then you would revise, or was it just all empirical, and you took one vote, and there it it's, was? It's a great process. Uh, You've, you've, it, yeah. you've been through it, Tony. You've been through it, um, and what it does, you 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 start with. You come in. I don't know how deep in the weeds you want to get with this. You come in, and everybody brings in thirty teams that they think should be considered. You come in, no particular order. Everybody throws them in. Everybody who gets at least three votes is on the board. Generally, that yields thirty-six, thirty-seven, or thereabout teams 
on the board. That's your starting point. Next step, pick your top six, no particular order, okay? Everybody votes, that identifies six teams. Now, of those six teams now, vote them in order, okay? That, and then the top three in that become the tentative number one, tentative number two, tentative number three. Numbers four, five, and six are holdovers. Now vote again. Pick six more teams uh, from which teams may, that may join those three holdovers in no particular order identifies those teams, okay? And uh, or I take that back, top three then come in. Now we have six teams again. Now vote those six teams. And now you, you, you take it in groups of three, three, and then at one point it starts becoming four, four. But you're, what you're doing is, is you're comparing groups of teams that are all together. You don't have to sit there and look at, all right, who's the entire top 25? You're looking at teams in increments. And then you're looking at them, and then you're re-looking at them. And then you're sometimes re-looking at them. And then you can call for a re-vote if somebody's pointed out something or has some second thoughts about it. And generally, by, and almost always, by the end of Monday, by Monday night, we had a tentative top 25. We would come in Tuesday, and we would vet the whole thing. We would scrub the entire top 25 rankings. Um, and sometimes we would jiggle, sometimes we, we wouldn't, but that's the process. And it, so it's not a matter, it's, you know, I always am rankled that people say this is a poll. This is not a poll. A poll is when a bunch of people write down 1 through 25 and they add up the numbers and they see where it comes out. These are rankings and the selection process is so much more deliberative uh, than, than just a poll. The thing that struck me when I did it is that there's a lot of redundancy built into the system in order to make sure that every team is properly vetted. That's correct. That's correct. Can, can you clear up the uh, misconception? Because the public is, as much as it's explained by Bill and everybody else, and I sat through mock basketball things, is when that you're in that committee, the conference affiliation does not matter. I mean, they're teams, right? They're, when you see we, we have six teams and all of a sudden it says, well, we might have four of them from the SAC, we have that. That doesn't, does that enter your mind? Absolutely. See, that's, Absolutely not. I mean, okay. um, you know, not that you don't know. I mean, right. you, sure. you don't know what, but, but, you, but, but you know, conference affiliation has it is it is strictly a matter of that team's resume. When you know, and if we're breaking down, we're comparing. We can compare on the board, as you guys know, two teams against each other, or three teams against one another, or four teams against one another. They're teams. They're not conference, and. Um, it's never a matter of what conference they're from, and it's never a matter of, uh, well, we've got too many, you know, teams from this conference packed into the top ten, or, you know, we, you know, there was never any reservation expressed about any way that any of our final fours played out. In fact, the, you you had it just right, Mark. Conference affiliation has nothing to do with it. This is this is judging that teams. message is lost though. As much as it's explained, a lot of the public. Still says, oh wow, they, get, they got two SEC teams, they got three SEC teams, they're, or the Big Ten is out, or Pac-12 is out, but they don't. I don't think that's even discussed. And that's why we talked about the mock sessions. That's why the CFP wants the media, wants writers and broadcasters, to go through those sessions so that they understand, so that they in turn can educate the public. So hey, the onus is on you. I guess <laughs> the thing about conferences that 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 I I wonder about is while. What you said, I, I totally am on board with. 
when you, you have a conference that has had some success in the non-conference or, or some setbacks, you sort of, you know, the rising tide raises all boats. So you, when you're looking at teams, you're saying, okay, well, you know, they're good because they beat this team and this team, you know what I'm saying? Well, they're, I don't think are, it's a case where... But you don't do it by I don't think it's a case where this overtly. conference has an X and X record against, you know, and so this team, by virtue of that, you know, profits from that overall conference record. That's not the case. It's what that team does right. out of conference, but it's not what its entire conference does out of conference. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to drop in a little plug for our, our sponsor, APA. Uh, we had John Herson on yesterday for first half of the show, so we got plenty of uh, sponsoring in on him yesterday. So, but we will uh, do want to acknowledge uh, our, our our gracious sponsor for this podcast. And uh, uh, moving on to to Steve, um, I, are there any? I mean, when a coach loses a big game, they're always rehash what might have been or what happened. When you, when one of your children. You know, these are your children when you put your four teams out there. I mean, last year you put, you made a decision about Ohio State, which did not win its division, which did not win the Big Ten, and then they go out and they lose 31-0 in their, in their semifinal game. Do you have any second thoughts, or do you say we made them, has that, you know, no. maybe we blew it on this team, or maybe no. maybe we didn't get it right, no. or that just... No, yeah, it's, it's the way it played out. Uh, I mean, again, that goes back to the me walking out of the room on Sunday afternoon when we finished the process, feeling perfectly good about the process that, that we had just completed. And so, so to me, that eliminates the second thoughts. If, if, if the process is that good, if it's that solid, then you can live with how the subsequent three games play out. And also, you know that you, you're leaving teams out, unlike the NCAA basketball tournament. You're leaving teams out that could have won the national title. That's correct. That's correct. But there's what? What do you do about it? I mean, the fact is, in many of these cases, there's more than one right answer. And you know that that was the case this year. There was more than one right answer. That was the case the first year. There was more than one right answer. We just have to make what we think is the best right answer. Well, and, and it was a situation. Of course, you at UCF after they were after they beat Auburn. They, they uh, see, see, see. But the fact of the matter is, you don't get to make the case after the fact, right? You have to. It's the committee has to make a decision based on what's in front of them that weekend. That's correct. It would have been nice to have seen Central Florida play Auburn in the regular season. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> There's also, I think, a perception, maybe from some of the media and the public, that I mean, there are a lot of coaches inside that room, former ads that were coaches and and, and former coaches. That they, because of their knowledge of the game, that they held sway, that they dominated, or they had a disproportionate amount of say. Would can you dispel or confirm that? Yeah, they. Assumption? I mean, for one thing, there are no alpha dogs. There, there's never been an alpha dog in the room, be it a former head coach or or anybody else. Really, and uh, well, maybe you know something I don't. Well, I, no, I don't. I don't know that, but I've, I've heard. Stories, <laughs> and while, as I said, there's 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 a lot of respect for the coaches in the room, and I certainly, as I said, understand that I can watch a game, and they can watch the same game, and they're going to see a whole lot see it a whole lot differently than I am through a coach's eyes. Uh, so there is that respect, 
but it's not overriding. It's it's another part of the puzzle. You know, it's just one more thing that we add to our deliberations that, okay, here's... And, and that's saying, you know, that's not saying that the coaches are always in lockstep. Lock, lockstep. Uh, you know, sometimes they are. Sometimes they're in full agreement. Uh, but sometimes they all have differing opinions. So, so the, the coaches watch a game and they see Team A beat Team B and the coaches say Team B is better, even though they lost Team A, that, that holds sway? I'm not saying it holds sway. That's their decision, and okay. they, can, they can express that. Is it right? It's for each individual committee member to determine. Okay. Will you watch the game, and have you watched the, the, the semis with fellow committee members? And, and what's that like, sort of having been a reporter, and now you're, you're not working on deadline the way you were? Well, what's your game day experience? Well, now, uh, now the semis, no, we weren't together. Um, and so I watched that actually with family um, on, on New Year's Day and New Year's night. Uh, one of the perks of the job is that tonight, the championship game, the committee does get back together and we watch the game as a group. And uh, it kind of gives us one final swan song together. And for those of us who are coming off the committee, a final. What kind song. of food they serve in that <laughs> press box? It's pretty. Nice, nice shrimp appetizer. Stone crabs? Uh, we'll see. It'd be nice if it was stone crabs. If it was stone crabs, then probably the other committee, uh, my co-committee members need to have fair notice. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do people elbow each other and say, see, yeah. I told you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, as the game's playing out? Yeah, no, right. No, it really is. It's a, it's a relaxed, it's, it's, it's the way, it's, it's essentially watching a game with friends. That's, that's kind of what it is. The selection process uh, before you before you choose teams. Do you have an ice cream break? Is, on, is that like you did basketball? Um, I will confess that I took the most advantage, I believe, of an ice cream freezer with uh, Dove bars inside. Probably <laughs> took greater advantage of that than anybody. Probably one of my legacies. Upholding the sports writer's tradition. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> How come conference champions ships uh, don't matter? What a loaded question that is. They do matter. Why do you say they don't matter? Because uh, the two years in a row, the Big Ten champion didn't get in. Uh, well, if you look at the field, half half of the field, it, it, uh, this you know, three of the top champions, if you consider USF the top champion of the six best conference, didn't get in the field. You see it. You see it. What I see. Oh USF. Well, I, I, won't, I don't want to get into the weeds here because, again, this is Bill and Kirby territory. But, I mean, I can cite a fact. 14 of the 16 playoff selectees have been conference champions over the past four years. 14 of the 16? That's correct. Okay. That's a pretty good percentage. Well, but uh, shut me down. <laughs> well, you only got one wrong out of those 14 of the 16. <laughs> Well, I understand that when this process, and you know this, Stephen, being part of this, they had this discussion. They had this discussion, okay? They said, do, do we want conference champions only? Do we want the four best teams? And the and I will simply say that the commissioner that I covered at the time from the Southeast Conference was, shall we say, adamant that it was not going to be conference champions only. It was going to be the four best teams. I don't so. think they wanted to risk having an eight and four, eight and five conference champion. Mm -hmm. 
uh, in the field. They wanted the four best teams. Being from the Midwest and, and, and also having a national perspective, do you, do you feel that this game tonight has lost anything because of the regional nature of, of, it, of it? I mean, I know how popular it is down here, but there's this perception out there, and we'll find out by the numbers tonight, that in the Northeast and the Pacific Northwest and the Northwest, maybe in the Midwest, that the Reds will be down because they think it's just an, it's an SEC, team, SEC championship game, and the rest of the country really doesn't care that much because of the geographical... Uh, boundaries of it. What, do you think that's that's a factor? Not not the selection process, but just in terms of the appeal of, of tonight's game. Well, I mean, the TV ratings will tell. I mean, I can only tell you, and I'm obviously I'm coming at this from a biased viewpoint. Is there excited about the city game? But I'm 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 excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I live in the Midwest. My well, son, who is a huge, you're getting the game. I, say, I, I I tried to preface that by saying okay. I'm coming at this from a biased okay. viewpoint. But I can. My son, who's not on the committee. But very much into sports, and he's excited about okay. it. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean the TV ratings will 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 tell. But I mean the fact is that this is how the playoff played out. If 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 had you know if Oklahoma wins in overtime, we're not having this discussion. It's just how it played out. Well, I think for from ESPN standpoint, I think if ESPN had that wish list, they would have had an Oklahoma Alabama championship game. Uh, just for the well, they, uh, they, they control a lot of things, right, but I the guess game. they can't control the, uh, the out outcomes of games. I mean, here's the question. How would you feel about a North Carolina-Duke basketball championship? I, I, would, I, I would be bored by it. <laughs> I, I would not. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, with that, on that note, I think we should wrap it up. Thanks, Steve, for being a guest. It was uh, enlightening if, uh, if you dodged uh, a lot of our questions. But, uh, you know, we gave it our best shot. Um, and... Uh, Again, thanks for your service on the committee and as a member of the FWAA. We're proud of you. And uh, enjoy good. the game tonight. And uh, you, you like sitting in the big cushy seats, like yes. sweet seats. 50-yard line. Will they show you? I, I think they might be folding chairs. When they show your picture, oh, on, <laughs> when they show your picture on, the, on the big jumbo, did, have they done that in the past, like in the middle of the, uh, the game when you they know, show the committee? I think the first year I tried to sit next to Condi thinking she might get some airtime, and then I would too. <laughs> Condi, no, I'm, 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 who would be Condi be? I'm, I'm teasing about that. Who would Condi be? Which Condi are you talking about? Who would Condi well, be? We know, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we, know her, we know her more formally, I guess. As uh, as he started out, this here's the one one quick thing. When he first started out, he called his secretary, his secretary Rice. Now she's Condi. You know, now she's Condi. I mean, so that was we've gone a long way. But have you been on the? Have they shown it on the jumbotron or on television? Not that I, I know of. No. Yeah. Do you think he would get booed? Uh, <laughs> don't know. I don't have any idea. Not in this city. Hell <laughs> no. He'll get cheered. Good point. Absolutely. All right. With that, we'll wrap it up and have, enjoy the game tonight, and we'll be back at some point in the future. Thank you. Adios.